Welcome exceptional agents and investors from across the country. Today is Thursday, July 29th, 2021, and this is Mastermind Podcast number 338. We have two people in the queue. If you would like to actively participate, just hit star six and hit one. Let me go around the uh, the room real quick. Bruce, anything you'd like to share before we get started? Uh, nothing at the moment. Okay, Tim? No, sir, and I will be departing shortly. I just wanted to get us, get us started, and that's about it for me today. All right. Well, you can leave, but don't depart. It's That would be right. premature. So you can leave whenever you want, though. Like the, like the Hotel California. Uh, all right, so let's go to our first caller in the queue. First up this week is David Pinnell. Welcome back, David. How you doing? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Um, uh, about foundations, I keep hearing about it. I don't see it on the website anywhere. So can you direct me where to find that? Uh, yeah, or sure. did Can't I miss be- a link or something for the training? When you log in to um, log into your portal and you click on uh, training and then click on okay. professional real estate coaching, uh, okay. there's a button there for foundations. It's also one or two other places, but that's going to be the easiest place to find it. I see it right there. And then, Good. Okay. Yep. yep. Nice. Hey, also, um, <laughs> yeah, Bruce and I did that little role play at the end of the last call and I listened to it and I just wanted to say – I was in a coffee shop, so um, it wasn't it wasn't perfect. But either I'd go for the appointment to see the house, or I I I wanted to mention that sometimes I act like I have a call coming in, and then uh, I say it's attorney or some kind of success story with somebody else, and um, that and then I'll try to get their email and phone number or verify it, and then I'll send them a letter in the mail and follow up in seven to fourteen days, if I. Oh. If they feel if I feel like they're sagging or um, just waiting, and there's not appointments up there, I just wanted to clarify that at the end of that because uh, I was uh, my somebody walked in that coffee shop and distracted me at the very end of that. But uh, <laughs> other than that, well, hey, and, and a win and a win, uh, real quick. I'll take up your time, but um, officially after eight months. Um, uh, cool story, but we've closed four houses, one estate. And it's 5K below uh, six figures in fees. So really cool. How long you been working that one? Almost two years, but it wasn't it wasn't part of the probate leads. It was just a house on our street, and it ended mm-hmm. up being sixty uh, some properties in the state that they're liquidating forty something of them, forty four of them, and they're just starting. So it's amazing. I'm uh I'm about to get three or four more to start clearing the titles on. He uh the process of putting these houses as an investor in several different DBAs and trust and LLCs and they don't all match and there's no paperwork to back them up. So it's it's very difficult, but it's mm-hmm. very fun. So just you know, I actually called the lady for um almost a year with no response. Zero pickup, zero response. I had two phone numbers, and I'd call probably every six weeks. Um, I told um, there was a house in our neighborhood. The house, the the house, the door was jarred open, and I sent her a text saying, "Hey, it looks like one of your property doors are unlocked, and there's not a landscape guy here. Do you want us to secure it?" 
And man, me buying a $21 key box for the door opened up a conversation that led to these four closings. Wow. And, 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 how and a couple lunch meetings and it's just, it's, that's a win. That's, that's a true, true win. And she's about to release a list of 21 uh, lots, hopefully that we could um, invest in and uh, some more houses. So it's a good thing. It's awesome. David, get out your calculator. What's the what's the what's the ROI on a hundred thousand on a twenty one dollar investment? I, I think that's pretty. I think it's pretty high. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it pays for some needs <laughs> from you guys. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So, so I just Bruce, you? I do. Go I've got a couple. Of, I've got a couple of things, and and uh, number one, I want to point out my call dropped last week at the end of that call, so we didn't even finish our. Um, our role play. I didn't even hear your technique of saying that you that you uh, you acted like you had a call coming in, but I love that because it's a great way to end the call on your terms. And what 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 is that one expression that we hear all the time for, about salespeople is that they have commission breath, and mm-hmm. the the more desperate you smell or sound when you're when you're prospecting someone, the less likely they are to, to want to work with you or the less like the less likely they are to work with you. And ending a call that way is genius. I've never even thought about it because it completely takes the pressure out on that person yep. that uh that might have been a little hesitant to to engage, but they were still with you. Uh, that's that's correct. That that's that's one of the best things I've ever heard. <laughs> the ultimate sales guy that I've ever known, and he's he's a friend, but he was a concrete sales guy, and he's um he's in his sixties, and he, we still talk every almost every month, but he's the ultimate sales guy, and he did that to me every single time, and I granted I think he did have calls coming in because he's selling concrete, visiting work sites, but he's like, man, I got a call, I'm, I'm this guy's ordering like forty yards of concrete, I got to take this call, I'll um. I'll call you back. And and I started <laughs> using that when I felt like people were being vague with me and I wanted to put a benefit in their ear as the last thing they hear. So I would say, hey, I'm getting a call from an attorney. Um, we actually got this guy, this executor. If it's a guy on the phone, it's a guy that's in the benefit. So, Or if it's a woman, ben, uh, executor, or somebody in relation, it's the same relation in the, in the hangup. Mm-hmm. And I just said, hey, uh, we're making this estate like sixty thousand more. They thought they were going to sell for one seventy one. We actually got them two thirty. Let me take this call. Um, I'm going to text you in a few seconds. Uh, if you would share your email, I would love to serve you in a high level. And those two key words of using share and serve, and then the benefit. It just they always respond. And then when I call back after they get my letter in the mail. It's it's a tie down. It's usually me and one other person that, if I don't get the appointment, it's a tie down to me or one other person that is in line to make an offer or get the listing on that property. Mm. Uh, that's great, Dave. You know, it reminds me of when you said it. I've never heard it used uh, at it, during or the end of the call. Back in the, it was probably like the 70s, there was a, a tape series by a guy named Roger Dawson. I got so much out of that. He used to start start calls with that. If he if if he saw a call, you know, on uh, waiting for him, and he knew it was a tam, time vampire or somebody that just went on and on, 
he would start the call with, hey, Bob, I, I saw, I'm on the other line right now. Is it something real quick or can I call you back? And yeah. He said it would, it would distill the conversation to the to the, oh no let me just tell you real quick and uh, it would it would save him a heck of a lot of time. It's funny I've used that I've used that on one of my partners and he caught me because <laughs> yeah. I knew it was going to be a long call. He finally uh, I, I've used that on chat a few times when I was kind of a I didn't have a lot of time to talk and he, he but very few people will catch you doing that. You can use it over and over again. So yeah that but that's a great use of the same technique. I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's wonderful, and it wasn't on the call. I was just distracted in the coffee shop. I wanted to say yep. it, I just didn't get it out because uh, we were. Ah. I was in the moment, sure. and the, the person I was meeting sat down right in front of me, right when I was saying what I was saying. So I got double whammy, and I was like, "Man, I should have. I need to clarify that because I listened to the call, and it's kind of like we just dropped off, and then didn't have an yeah. ending to our call." Well, but I do you know try to funny? set the appointment though. If I could get an appointment, I'm going to set it. But if I don't feel like they're ready, I'm going to use some other benefit to get in front of them. So let me ask you this, David: How how many people do you feel like um, aren't quite ready at that point that you use that technique? If you had to put a, a ratio on it, eighty twenty, eighty percent. Okay, eighty percent aren't quite ready. I, I want I want people to yeah. hear that is. Is people aren't ready for you, preserve the pipeline. Um, yeah. And, and you know, kind of like David did, don't don't push so hard that you ruin your relationship with someone that would otherwise be a oh, really yeah. good, really good prospect for you on another call. Yeah, it, and, getting somebody into there's three there's three people that need to go in your CRM, the ones that you're gonna set appointment with are their prime contacts. You got these people that are actively have to deal with something, so they're three to eight months out. Or you got somebody that is going to be a good cash referral to you or uh, a house referral to you. So you've got to consider that. If you don't have the perfect conversation, but there's a maybe there, take advantage of it. Put them in your CRM. If you don't have the email at first, put first name, last name, their first name, last name at your domain name. So when you run an Excel sheet, when you export it, you could see all the people you don't have emails for. And then you mm -hmm. go in and text them, say, hey, look, this is the day we talked seven days ago or one day ago. I'm sorry I had to hang up kind of quick. I didn't get your email. Can you share your email address with me? And um, when people say get or give me, nobody wants to get or give anything to anybody, but they will share it with you. So if mm -hmm. you use the words in your in uh, that uh, inspire people to do something and sharing, serving, they're going to give it to you every time. And then now you have a good contact in your CRM. Before you know it, you have a thousand people in there and you run 4% of that. That's 40 people that you could close every year based on your data. Outstanding. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So little, little word tricks like that share. Are you open to, would you consider, um, now, I like the way you phrase that is, can you share your email with me? Um, yes. I, a lot of times I'll, I'll insert the words open to or consider, but when you're asking for something um, confidently, you probably want to just go straight for it. Like, uh, can you share this? Um, it, it's but, just uh, like dating. Everybody loves confidence, you know? Yep. 
Exactly. And and what you don't want to do is, hey, you know, if it's not too much trouble, do you think maybe I could get your email address? You're always going to get a no. Yeah. Um, Can you share your email? Is probably an 80% yes. You you correct uh, me if I'm wrong. (laughs) And some people just don't use email, too, so you you do have to have a way to put them in your CRM without um, an Mm -hmm. email address. But the fight's there. Using the right words, is, like you're saying, Bruce, is awesome. Hey, I got some information for you. What's the best way to send that over? Yeah. I've used yeah. That. Hey, I yeah. got some information the best way to get that to you. And I've had people yeah. say, uh, I'll mail it to me. Well, then I, I just lock down and confirm their physical address or email it to me or text it to me. I lock down and confirm their cell phone. So I don't care what information they give as long as they give give me some information. Um, so it's just one yeah. extra step and one extra way for you to, to reach out with some credibility building information. And nowadays, if you could just verify the cell number and the address and have the first and last name, there's there's an email in a skip trace system somewhere. So it's 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 not that hard to get something to follow up with them. And then that data goes into your, if you're running social media ads, and it's just, you know, everything goes together if you're just willing to do the calls mm-hmm. and send letters. Yep. That's awesome, man. Awesome. So that's a, and, and a, and a huge win as well, by the way, huge win. Um, what's in your pipeline these days? You there, David? How, what do you have in your pipeline these days? I think we lost him. Oh, oh for some man. reason, it looks like he got muted out. Hang on a minute. David, I unmuted you. You got muted out. Yeah, I, I heard him, then I couldn't respond. Um, in my CRM for probate contacts, I am, I'll tell you real time, if you have a second. I think it's... And by the way, what... Ha- excuse me a second. There is one other person unmuted, so we will... From Charlotte, North Carolina. So you're both. <laughs> when we're done with David, we'll go right to you. I, somehow we, the next person got moved up in the queue. Go ahead, David. I'm at 471 contacts that uh, are in probate that are a maybe or a yes that I can't get an appointment with, and that's uh, five counties. So it's uh, it's just a matter of timing, and they don't all convert. So I'm counting on four uh, percent uh, of that list to convert in the next 90 days. So it's about 21 deals probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which 80% yeah. of them will probably be wholesale investment opportunities or flips and 20% are listings. You got to monetize every appointment. Yep. I, I I usually tell tell people that if you can get someone on the phone and you find out that they are selling a property um, or that they – or even if they don't know that they're going to sell yet, if they give you a we don't know yet, um, that person's probably going to eventually sell. If you can get them on the phone and then you can start loading them up with um, follow-ups and some some, uh, customized communication, uh, you know, almost everyone on that list that's either a yes but not ready for an appointment or or a maybe or a we don't know yet, they're, they're pretty much all going to sell a property. And if you can load them up, I... I'm speculating here, but to me, 20% is is over time is a reasonable conversion rate on that. If you just identify who they are 
and put them in your CRM and just follow up. And so you're looking at 4% on the next 90 days. Um, there, yeah. there's, there's a lot more there when, when you can establish credibility and you can keep on, you can keep on going after them and you can keep on giving. That's, that's ultimately the thing is you don't want to, uh, on every call or every effort say, you ready to sell yet? You ready to sell yet? You ready to no, sell yeah. yet? Some need to say, Hey, you know, I put this article together on five steps for simplifying probate. Um, Hey, you know, I, I was in the area and um, I thought I'd run by and just from the, from the road, tell you what I thought the house might be worth. Um, hey, I was in the, I, I was thinking about you and I didn't know who was cutting your grass here my landscaper. Tell him I sent you and he'll do the first one for free. I'm just making yep, stuff good. up right now. But, but that's perfect. Giving, giving value consistently is where you're going to separate yourself because now they're not like, oh boy, here's another, here's another ask. Here's another ask. Here's another ask. But, but if, if you can take kind of that Gary Vaynerchuk jab, jab hook approach, Um, they're not going to, they're not going to want to ignore you or your, your marketing because it might be something that they need. Yeah. And Fort Worth, we're uh, about a year and a half to two years now with the backlog of probate, what I'm hearing from people. And one thing that came up in uh, a conversation is that, uh, most of our, if we can't get the point right away, it's going to be that, that time frame. So, we put them into our CRM and we drip them with good videos and um, good content, like you're saying. But we're counting on them looking at my name. And yesterday, I'm at the tail end of one, and they needed three realtors to give comps. So obviously, I said, "Hey, look, I got friends that'll give you comps." Not that I'm trying to screw the guy over at all, but hey, give give listing comps, give comps to the house, and I sent a video I made of the property. But we're at the tail end of it, and he's like, "You've been calling me for two years." There is no way I'm going to use anybody else, but I do need you to find me two realtors to give me comps for my attorney. I got that on recording. Mm. It's awesome. <laughs> and I, and I've called the guy probably I've called the guy six times, literally in the last year and a half. But my CRM has dripped him text messages and videos and helpful content for 365 <laughs> days. <clears throat> He's mm-hmm. been in our system since last August, so just under a year. That is awesome. Yeah. David, if you don't mind, if you don't, we only have one other person in the queue now, so if you don't mind, I'll leave you unmuted. And if anybody else has any questions for David, we'll, we'll, we'll turn this into a Ask the Expert call. Um, you know, I'll go to uh, – are you, are, you, are you available for the next half hour or so, David? Are you able to hang around? Yeah, I'm trying to commit to this call, so I'm trying to be here every week. I, I know I'm kind of phasing right. out, so yeah. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, I unmuted the next person in the queue, which is Charlotte, North Carolina, ending in 9902. You're up next. Hey, guys. It's Rick Wilson. How are you today? <laughs> hey, Rick. Another frequent flyer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm trying to get this started uh get it going and keep it going. Um, I'm just about, this, I'm doing my third mailing um, in August. So my first mailing was in June, second was in July, and now I'm going in August. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing 50 um, hand-selected. I'm doing the selection myself at this stage. Uh, uh, you know, leads, probate leads uh, a month. 
And of course, uh, your guys' uh, direction and, and great advice and counsel, I am following up with phone calls. I'm not relying. I never would have occurred to me to rely just on on uh, on mail because I've been at this for uh, well, I've been at real estate, but not this aspect of it for 20 years. But uh, what I'm doing now is I'm realizing there's a, there's a question here, by the way. <laughs> I'm realizing that uh, a lot of because we're dealing with mostly in my in my area anyway. I'm sure it's probably universal. Is boomers? These are the people that are dying. And uh, mm-hmm. they have the estates and, the, and those that the transfers are taking place. So that means their children are working. They're in their 40s and 50s, and they're working. So it's hard for me. I don't know whether I'm, maybe it's something I'm doing. I'm not having any real good, uh, consistent success. It's been a one-off here and a one-off there where I can actually reach them during the day. So I thought to myself, well, where, when are they most available? Well, they're up by 8 o'clock. In the, I mean, they're up before 8. They're about to go out the door at 8 or somewhere around there. So I've decided now that I'm going to alternate between 8 o'clock in the morning, do, do as many as I can between 8 and 8.30, uh, then evening calls. I've, I've done many times where I've called in the evenings in a different lot, different aspect of real estate um, and been able to reach people and then on Saturdays. So those are the three day, uh, three time periods I'm choosing because I, because what I'm thinking is I, I'm just going to have better success in reaching them. And I just came to that uh, conclusion. I don't know why I didn't think about it sooner, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning this as I go as everyone else did. And I'm recognizing, you know, maybe Spending my time uh, during the day might be uh, be wasting my time, and I'm not sure about that. So there's a question. Uh, I've been mm-hmm. tailoring. My, I'm now going to tailor my calls in the manner I just described. Does that sound like it's likely to work, or is there a better idea or another suggestion I could go with? Well, you know that we've referenced for many years an MIP study that was done probably 10 years ago that says that um, 8 till 10 a.m. and 4 till 6 p.m. are the better times to call. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate on that just a little bit. Um, we we are in the middle of uh, of uh, COVID times and there are still a lot of people that aren't going back to work. A lot of people okay. that are permanently working from home. A lot of people on unemployment, depending on where you are in the country, there are lots and lots of factors that impact when people are available. That uh, mm-hmm. that if you're relying strictly on that um, on that report that was done 10 years ago, maybe out of date. Uh, yeah. Our VAs seem to be catching people in early to mid afternoon, which was which that was the worst time for uh, many many years. That if I if I said if if you said what's the one two to three hour window not to call I would have said um, one till four, but guess what? Mm-hmm. One till four is converting a lot of uh, a lot of appointments right now or a lot of leads right now. So um, I think that uh, that what you're saying certainly has merit. People are yeah. uh, especially in the demographic that you're calling. They're they're likely to be up early. 
Um, and uh, and if they're at work, then they're likely to have more time to answer the phone late. But uh, but you got to consider what the environment's like. And and so I know right. you're in right. you're in Charlotte, you're in a city, um, but. Right. Uh, there are a lot of people that are just working from home right now that don't have to go into the office and they have more time to take calls. So right. um, don't discount some of those midday calls. Test them and see what you get across. Yeah, I was uh, I was calling, um, um, you know, uh, during the day consistently. I was calling. I, I just wasn't people. I mean, I had the right numbers too. I'm a, I'm very really confident because they they put them in the applications, so that's mm -hmm. their number. Now I did find one or two being coy and deciding to put in somebody else's number, or to get put in or purposely put in the wrong number, but uh, that's okay. But the majority of people are actually putting their cell phones in these applications, the probate applications at the courthouse, and mm -hmm. so. I know I'm getting the right numbers, but they just weren't answering. And for a while there, I wasn't even leaving a message. Now I'm leaving messages. Um, I haven't got anybody to return that call, by the way, but uh, I'll re well, respond on that message. I want to know why, as I get return calls all the time, um, what kind of message are you leaving? Well, um, I'm kind of doing an uh, uh, abbreviated, and this could be the part, the part of the problem, is uh, using the dialogue, I just uh, mm -hmm. refer to, uh, you know, I say, hi, this is Richard, uh, uh, Rick Wilson. I sent you a letter uh, recently or last week, however the case may be. I bet you had not had a chance to read it yet. And mm -hmm. I'm giving you a quick call because I, I work with families going through probate and who may have an inherited real estate and surviving spouses and, frankly, other folks who just need some kind of help. Um and so it's not a sales pitch. Uh, I'm sure what I, well, I'm not sure what I do will help you or not. I'd like to take a quick minute to share with you what I do, and then you can decide if we should keep on talking. Please call yeah. me at this number. Okay. So that's it. Okay. The gist of it. So what you're doing is you're um, leaving, the, and for those of you that have not been through any kind of foundations or dialogue training, you're leaving the introduction portion of the dialogue training that we've gone over and Correct. you you nailed you nailed it perfect i right. leave the elevator portion of the dialogue training so if you don't answer the phone i'm going to go hunt uh, go ahead and unpack an abbreviated version of my elevator pitch not the introduction that you used which is okay. vague and they don't really know right. anything about what it might be. So I want to go ahead and drop some of that bait out there. Look, we, we have a concierge style service. They can help you with anything from real estate management to gutter cleaning to an estate sale and about a thousand things in between. I'm not sure if there's any help that might be needed in probate, but could you call me back and let me know if there's any piece of the, of the process that you might want some help with or um, would you also do me a favor and call me back if you're not interested so that I know that I can take you off the list? Okay. And um, That's really and, important and what I'll, you just said. Call me either way. Yeah. Because if they yeah. don't want to hear from you, this is this is a way for them to shut that down in their view. I'll just give them a call or I'll text them. In their and, view. And, and uh, I'm going to pivot to the real estate if they say we don't. So... You've, you've, uh, so I would start doing the elevator pit instead of the okay. introduction. 
Okay. Hey, Bruce, I have to ask okay. you, um, you, you just said something I've never heard before, and I, I, that th- that's interesting. How, I'd be curious to know, it, are there any people or what percentage of people that call to tell you they're not interested that you're able to turn them around? Because it's, it's, it's another opportunity to talk to them. Yeah, it's absolutely another opportunity to talk. And um, as long as we answer the, as long as we can answer the phone when they call, I'm going ah. to get the state question uh, asked. Right. So they right. say, "Hey, we get anything? Thanks for calling." And I say, "Okay, that's good. Um, let me find your name really quickly so that I don't bother you again. Can you stick with me for a quick second? And then they usually say yes. And while I pretend to look for their name. And then, uh, and then I say, hey, and, and since, uh, since you have everything handled, hey, if you don't mind my asking, um, when probate's all finished, uh, is your family leaning toward holding on to the real estate or are you thinking about selling? There you go. Yep. All right. So we're stalling to be able to ask the real estate question. And, uh, and of course, if they say, um, if they say, yes, we're selling, we use what, um, what I call the Hurley Boy approach, which is an old, SNL skit where you baby step into an appointment. Um, you, uh, you you just say, hey, would you, would you by any chance be open to an offer if I sent you one? And if the answer to that is yes, do you, do you think you could tell me about the house? And next thing next thing you know, they've forgotten that they called you to tell you that they weren't interested. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, <those laughs> Great. Can can be converted very easily. Yep. And Bruce, something that. Um, you know, voicemails are so important for branding your name, but we have to mm-hmm. also, just like Dan Kennedy says in his sales letters and his books, it's not it's the long sales letter works, and then the the Twitter sales letter works. What I mean is, every third voicemail you're leaving one that runs out the voicemail. So voicemails are right around three to four minutes. So write out a voicemail that actually long tails it all the way to the end and it's like you didn't have everything said. And then the next time you call, leave a Twitter voicemail. It's like, hey, this is Dave Pinnell. I'm trying to get a hold of you. Will you please call me? Very curious. Then the next one, a 30-second voicemail. Hey, this is Dave Pinnell. I'm a real estate agent. Blah, blah, blah. 30 seconds. Hang up. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> love it. Yeah, that they was will call you back. Yeah, you because know, after a while you wonder what do you say next? How many times can you? You never know when they're ready to go. So yeah. it's a 21-day principle. Do I need to text them, call them, or uh, uh, send them a letter every 21 days? You'll never miss it. Well, that's, that's what I believe too. I think it's constant contact. Uh, maybe that's too strong a word, but you know, uh, 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 you should. You should be contacting routinely, uh, planned, uh, and ex- executed in a routine manner. Yeah. Maybe and, consistent uh, rather than constant. You know, yeah. consistent. Yep. Yeah, consistent. Absolutely. I'll post Absolutely. a video if it's okay on all the leads of how I do my Sierra system. I'll post the video if you want. It's a private video on my YouTube, but if you guys want Please. to, if it's okay with you, sure. I'll post sure. a video. Absolutely. There. Okay. And Rick, I was going to um, where you be, uh, expand where, on where your... are you going to post that? I'm sorry, put, uh, go ahead. on no, Facebook. Go ahead. In the group, in the, all you... the leads group. Oh, the on the Facebook group. I'll do it right now, so it's posted on the 29th of July. <laughs> if anyone's listening to this in the future, and um, 
y'all have access to it. It's a private, unlisted video, but it's um, you can see it. Yep, perfect. That's what are you? Yeah, Facebook. Okay, got it. Rick, I was going to circle back to your original question about making the calls. Right. Um, it's been many years since I prospected, but when I was an agent. I guess my claim to fame, if I had one, I made 100 contacts a day every day for eight years. And now, to be fair to you guys that are trying to do it today, people used to answer the phone back then a lot more than they do now. But um, one thing I, I, I got in the, I realized pretty quickly what you did, you, you know, it's like the definition of insanity. There are some people, um, I agree with what Bruce said, it's different now, a higher percentage of people probably will answer in the afternoon than they used to. But there's some people, you call them 50 times and they're not going to answer or call you back. So I, I kind of made myself a rule. I would call somebody three times, maybe four, during regular business hours. If I didn't get them, I'd put them in my Wednesday night pile, like from 6 to 8, 5.30 to 7 on Wednesday night, I'd call them. And then if I didn't get them three times there, I'd put them on my Saturday morning pile, and, you know, the goal was to try not to work a lot on the weekends, but I, I tell you, the the Wednesday night was productive, and the Saturday from 10 to 1 was the most productive time. You know, people were home, yeah. they were relaxed, yeah. they were able to talk, and so you don't make your new calls then, you make the ones that you've tried a few times during that, you know, regular regular business hours that you didn't get, you know, try them, and it, it yeah. sounds like you're already starting to do that, but... I think that's I think yeah. that's smart in in any market. You know, some people that aren't going to answer to the day are never going to answer during the day, and they're never going to call you back. So, you know, switching up your your yeah. calling time makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I, I do, love do you have any rule of thumb as far as when you yeah when you when you What's actually that? give up on these people? Do you have a rule of thumb when yep. you actually give up on them? Well, uh, first of all, Rick, I I, I think uh, David said something about love and ten to one. What was that, David? Uh, it's a it's a what twilight time on Saturday, ten to one. It's beautiful. It's it's my perfect time to call yeah. for sale by owners too. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and as far as giving up, um, I wouldn't give up, but I would um, maybe park them somewhere in your database and and wait a month or so to start calling them, or two or three to start calling them again, because some of it might just be that they're getting so many calls that they're not returning any. Where if you call that same person, you know, two months, three months, four three months, months down the road, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I wouldn't completely delete them, but I would, I would park them in the call back in ninety days, maybe file, and and I think you'll notice a higher percentage of them will answer, you know, when there's less people calling them. Well, Rick, that that uh, that, uh, that advice is perfect. It depends on when you park them. If it if you're still calling them four months later. Uh, the likelihood that you're going to be competing is pretty slim. So if you're going to park them, yep. it, it might only be after, in between like two and three months or three and four. But, but after four months, nobody else is going to be calling them. And if it is, it's just one or two people that are the diehard prospectors or maybe mm -hmm. someone that picked up a historic list and they're going to call it once. Um, you, mm -hmm. you, you really aren't going to have a competition and market after the fourth after about that fourth month and david yep. just mentioned sure. someone in the beginning on the um hundred thousand dollar commission um deal that he has going on you you called that lady for a year without a single return call right yeah just a little under probably 11 months and then i there's uh 
she had three properties in our neighborhood and uh, the dark one of the houses were open and uh nobody yeah. broke in it was just it just blew open somehow and we just happened to be walking the oh, yeah. dog by yeah, it and yeah. I, I sent her a picture and said hey would you like me to secure the door for you she's she immediately answered like it's like oh okay i'll talk to you now <laughs> hey uh as now she goes as she calls me hot rod i've got the nickname <laughs> hot rod and it's she's like you, do you want any other properties i was like yes i want more it was that value that you provided that that just happened to be the perfect value at the right time that she yep. wanted to take advantage of and and she doesn't the, answer the phone even i'll call her I'll call her five times to get one call back on the six still, but she's mm-hmm. busy. She's, she's busy with her, with her family being the grandmother and dealing with an estate. So it's hard. Absolutely. You know, it's hard. Just, so you, just because you're calling someone doesn't mean they need to answer, but leave a voicemail and then send a letter to follow up with it. And then send a text message about a lawn guy. That's great, Bruce. That's perfect. I, I just added that to my action plan, to be honest with you. Get yourself a lawn guy cut for free. That's the uh, – or cut counted price, even if you have to pick it up. Um, if somebody takes it – if somebody calls you and says, hey, I want that free lawn cut, um, that's a conversation for you. And a conversation's worth, in, in, in David's case, $100,000. So, hey, I did um, – when I when I was a new agent, I did – call an expired that was on the lake and I told him I'd mow the yard if he gave me the listing. It was a freaking acre. <laughs> I had to mow Did that thing for 90 days. You got he it. He had though. so much landscaping, I had to hand mow it. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, by the way, guys, there's hey, no one in the queue, so there's no one in the I, queue I if you would like to jump in. No, 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 it's okay. Go ahead. Yeah, whenever you're ready. Okay, so no, no, I'm just going to say hit star uh, six and hit one if anybody wants to jump in. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The um, I, I've been calling on. I'm getting my my attorney leads from the again the probate courts because on their application they give the attorney's name and phone number. So it's, they're making it easy for me. So I called the attorney and uh, and I referenced the, the the file even though it doesn't have necessarily have real estate in it because, well, they're probate attorneys, so they do work with people with real estate. So I, I've, I've been successful in getting appointments uh, and talking with them. Then they they seemed all very excited about participating, and we'll see if they deliver. I'm trying to get some of them to even uh, uh, create videos uh, so I can post them on the website. And along with uh, uh, the uh, uh, their information under uh, Meet the Team tab, uh, you know, the headshots and all that. So, but here's this question comes. You know, <clears throat> after I've told them what I'm well that I'm going to do, and I'm just thinking about again, I'm not knowing what they would, what would be the best pro- uh, process or best practice to follow up with. I'm kind of getting an idea with these uh, PRs what I should do, but with the with the with the attorneys, if I don't hear from them, which is very likely, many of them will forget me if I don't keep talking to them or doing something. What would be a good thing? Uh, that, what what strategy should I use to follow up with the attorneys? 
ask them if they want to go have a beer. Okay. Unless you don't drink beer. Then ask them if they want to go to a ball game or want to come to an event. Invite them to things. An invitation is the most powerful thing that you can do for a real estate business because people when when a when a realtor's number pops up whether it's a business connection or a sphere of influence realtor's number pops up and first thing that most of them think especially if you've trained them to think this way is here comes the pitch here comes the right. oh by the way I'm never too busy for your your referrals or here comes the you know anyone that needs to buy or sell real estate um so they ignore you uh I've trained everyone that I know including attorneys to know that if I call usually because they're going to get invited to something fun. Okay. And then every now and then I throw the real estate in there. So invite them okay. to something. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they like beer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and, it, and, and if they can't make it, they're going to remember that you asked. I'm always inviting to lunch. My treat. Always inviting to grab a drink. My treat. Um, things and, uh, like that. Or, or, hours, or, they're or wide do, open. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or something, something else if you uh, want to like spend a little Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm gonna have to moderate here. Or Jim is. Go ahead. Another thing is just a gift you could send them to get their attention too. So what I've come up with with attorney I'm trying to work on my attorney stuff because I know it's I know it's more powerful than calling the, the probates directly themselves. Yeah. So I know it's gonna be more lucrative in the future. So I'm getting um, handmade wood pens made, the fountain pens. I've uh, mm -hmm. I've ordered 20 from my buddy. He makes them here locally, and I'm going to send the attorneys one of these pens in the mail and say, uh, you know, give it to them as a gift. It's a very expensive gift, but it's I think it's gonna it's gonna put me in that radar. So. That's a great idea. So um, another right, thing, right. and I've mentioned this before, is uh, if you're doing gifts, you might want to consider, especially if you've researched or you know a little bit about the person that you're trying to connect with, you might consider sending half of the gift and holding the other half ransom. So I had done that <laughs> with, a, um, with a developer where I sent a ticket to a concert, and I knew that he liked country music, so I sent a ticket to a country music concert that um, it just so happened that I was going to be in the seat next to it. And it also just so happened that I had three other tickets. And I said, hey, I've got three other tickets in case your family wants to go with you. Um, call me. Let's have coffee and I'll bring them to you. So now that was a bit of an expensive move, but uh, but it got it got me a developer that that I needed a connection with. So you could always do that if there's a really high-value prospect that you're working on. Find out what they like somehow and send them half mm -hmm. of a gift. And the fountain pen is, is amazing. If you if you don't want to risk yeah, I like that. spending hundreds of dollars <laughs> for, the, <laughs> with, for the chance that maybe he just throws the ticket in the trash, um, then uh, then go with, go with a, an expensive, um, really nice um, gift, something like that fountain pen. They're not going to throw that away. You send me a nice pen, I'm going to keep it forever. I get, yeah, I get we ordered, mad um, if, I, if I lose a $20 pen. Yeah, well, we ordered, uh, these are $85 a piece to $130. Yeah, I was and they're, yeah. they're made out of desert ironwood. Iron wood. 
So it's yeah. wood that was buried under the sand for over a thousand, hundreds of years that's been dug up like those logs they find under the water. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll send a picture to the group. They're amazing. Oh, that's awesome. All right, guys. Every we have one more. Want to buy one. I might want to buy one of those. <laughs> Every ninety days, we did days have one other. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Ninety days, you're sending something. Go ahead. Yeah, that's just it. Every ninety days, I'm gonna send something to them. And there's twenty five awesome. on my list that do the most probates here. That's it. Yep. This is turned into kind of a freestyle call, but it's kind of fun. It sort of reminds me of a clubhouse call, if any of you have been on that app. Um, we do have one other person in the queue. I'm just going to unmute him and let him join in the party. I think we'll we'll keep this format going. Um, let's see. Van B., you are up next. How are you doing, sir? Eddie. Good. How are you? Yes. Eddie. What's up, buddy? Um, I... A whole, I got a whole bunch of balls in the air. Well, actually, today's I'm, I'm closing on one of the houses that I had a contract on. It's been a little bit of a bear to get. Uh, it was a wholesale deal, and it reminded me why I buy all of my wholesales and then sell them again because my buyer backed out on the day that we were supposed to close originally, mm-hmm. and then the seller was like, what happened? I, I signed my paperwork. Why didn't I get my money? And so... Um, Mm-hmm. We finally are closing today. I ended up giving the buyer's EMD to the seller to be like, hey, I screwed up. I screwed this up. Here's some money. We'll get this resituated. But I like buying them way better. Um, I uh, Is there any way – well, actually, I'll tell you how I'm trying to do it and ask if there's any way – to, to go around getting a property without going through probate. Um, this guy just died who I thought had died like two years ago, and I went on this whole, like, wild hunt for him and found him in a rehab facility here in town. Um, and then we kept the relationship going for the, la- the, 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 the past two years, and then I just found out he died of a heart attack uh, just recently. And I know he has no family, like there's nobody, um, and I don't want the property to go to the state. That's what I want least to happen because the likelihood of me getting it after that is slim to none. But I didn't know if there was any way. If you had any way, and I'll share my way of what I was going to try to do. But see if you had any way of getting a property without going through probate. Um. Interesting, interesting. Someone, the problem is an administrator is going to have to petition for mm-hmm. that. And if, if there's no one to petition to even open probate, then uh, then I don't know. I mean, there's got to be some. So you're saying literally no one is even going to ask to open probate. Is that correct? The, the the neighbor wanted to try and figure out how to do it, but he has no – he is just the neighbor. He has no right to the house. Standing. No standing, yeah. So mm-hmm. so he he's like, I don't know what to do, and he's real frustrated because the guy's house has been a mess for two years. It's not like it's just now been a problem because he died. Uh, he wasn't taking care of it before then. Um, but – uh yeah, there there is no family. 
Uh, we've called every person we could think of that might have known this guy, and nobody seems to know if he that he had any family, that he has any relatives. He's from Pennsylvania, so there could be somebody, but I'm mm-hmm. not aware of it. Eddie, I'm curious what your solution was, and I I just tell you real quick. I had when I was selling real estate, I had one somewhat similar, but a little bit different. We had these people that called and wanted to list their house real real inexpensively because they had inherited a prop uh, uh, like a huge property on the Potom- Potomac River in uh, Washington from somebody they had never heard of, and it it turned out they were so far down the chain of heirs that they didn't even know the person that you know, that owned it. But I mean, there wasn't, it, it was a very similar situation. It took a good attorney a couple years to find them after the death to find a living heir. And they were like two or three <laughs> generations removed from, from the original. So it, it, to me, you're probably going to have to find a real sharp attorney and you're probably going to have to pay them. But I, I would have a conversation with someone and just ask them, what the odds are of being successful because there are there's got to be an error i mean if the person who passed away was here you know there has to be a a lineage and if i mean it may not be a direct descendant of his but there's probably somebody who according to the law would have standing i i think you might just have to find that person and it's probably going to take you hiring an attorney so it's just whether it's worth it to you or not what i'm curious what was your solution what what were you going to do have you ever heard of Abandoned Housing Act? No. So it's something nope. I do here in Kansas City. There's a nonprofit, like city-funded group called Legal Aid, and we file Abandoned Housing Act on properties that have code violations, are vacant, and have outstanding taxes due. And the court grants possession of the property to a new uh, to, to a new owner um, to to fix it up. Well, it's done through a nonprofit. So there, I'm working with a nonprofit law firm, basically. The law firm yep. set up a nonprofit, filed it, and uh, we're basically going to try to take possession of it. Kind of like a, I don't know if you've yeah. ever heard of the Civil Nuisance Act, but that was my... When, when, when you say possession, you but the the uh, outcome of the possession would be when you do what you're supposed to, you, you'd get title, correct? It's not just, right. it's not just occupying the, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like your solution a lot better. It sounds a lot less cumbersome. If you've got a local mechanism to be able to do that, that, that sounds great to me. Any thoughts, Bruce? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I would agree with you. It's not something that I'd heard of. Uh, so if that's a solution, um, great. Uh, I guess you could always become a squatter too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I mean, <laughs> In seven years, you get title. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I I mean, part of me thought like maybe that's the dumbest thing ever. And if it is, tell me. But I was like, what if I just when and I fixed it up and then like started renting it out for <laughs> 10 years. And, like we know that nobody's uh, coming for it. Um, it. It is a bit of a gamble, but 
I think that'd be the last resort. I like your other your other path better yeah. to be able to know yeah. that. Yeah. Now, hey, let us know how that turns out. That's interesting. Never never came across that before. Um, the other question I had was, um, well, I know I'm drawing a blank on it. Uh, oh, do uh, Bruce, do you put? I, I don't know. I'm with EXP now, but do you put EXP on your letters or do you put, how do you put your agency, or do you put that on your letters or do you want to yeah. something, tell them and disclose at the time of of meeting? You, in in the majority of states, you're required to put, um, put a, a company affiliation on a letter. Um, okay. Now I don't want to I don't want to promote that very hard. So um, as long as your state allows it, you you or as long as your state requires the company affiliation and allows for it to get buried in the footer, I'm going to bury it in the footer. Um, now I know that uh, as a realtor you have to disclose your realtor, so I also drop that into the footer as well. So I'm just making sure that my fair housing, my realtor disclosures, my state requirements are on there and as long as they don't require it to be like prominently displayed at the top of a letter which is is crazy but as long as they don't then i'm going to put it in the footer because i really don't want to um that person to draw a conclusion as to what my marketing is about before they've read the letter but you you are going to have to add disclosures into your letter okay i think we lost them yep all right, well, we have one more in the queue. That should bring us up to the top of the hour nicely. Uh, last up this week is phone number ending in 5757. Well, yes. Hi, guys. This is Douglas in Seattle. Yes, sir. Hey, I've just got a quick thing to say. This is based on uh, the critique I got from Bruce last week. I, and it was funny, Bruce, because I wondered what it would be like, and I wanted to get clarification and this morning, uh, I, I'm recovering from uh, some medical issues, and walking is not easy for me. And this mm -hmm. morning, some guy calls me trying to sell leads, and he keeps closing me and closing me and closing me. He wasn't hearing me when I was saying, now's not a good time. And he did it after the fourth close. I just don't want to even talk to this guy again. So <laughs> good coaching. <laughs> I, see, I saw it in action and it sucks. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll tell well, you, thank you. Doug, Douglas, for those of you that, that don't know our role play last week, Douglas closed. Like I've never seen anyone bring more closes out in a, in a conversation ever. And it was amazing. It was a masterpiece, but, uh, but but my critique is sometimes you just alienate the the prospect. <laughs> Here you just had it done to you. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I just I see that that the prospecting for probate is totally different than for sale by owner and expired. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. you know? yeah, yep. total totally different. So you know, I, I just learned a lot. Thank you. <laughs> One of the good things is you got a lot a lot yeah. less. A lot less competition, so you probably don't need to close as hard. <laughs> Not that it's a good thing anyway, but yeah, good oh, yeah. good observation. Yeah. Appreciate it. Very All right, Thank anything you. else we can help you with, Doug? Oh, you guys have done so much already. You're, you're do I'm doing this great. Thank you. 
All right. Well, thank you. I want to thank each of you. I want to thank all of you for being here today. I want to thank each and every one of you that actively participated. It was a little bit more of a free-form call today. I want to thank uh, David uh, for helping us, kind of a stand-in assistant coach. And I want to challenge each of you. Take one thought, one thing that inspired you on this call, go out and put it into practice, and please come back next Thursday and share your results with the group. Have a great week, everybody. We will talk to you same time next Thursday. Take care.